you know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, you got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I'm feeling particularly like an old man tonight. So I might say some uh, some off-the-cuff things. Like, the Packers need to establish the run. Or, uh, you know, well, what the hell was Bill Belichick doing last night? If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Or, I don't know. Things like that. I was uh, doing some work for a music station that I work on. I'm the night guy on a top 40 station. And I was reading this story. TMZ had it. Uh, Steve Lacey, who's been around for a while, but blew up this year because of TikTok, had a... Uh, uh, a moment of rage, let's call it, at one of his concerts and smashed a fan's phone because the fans were throwing stuff on stage. And well, the fans are children because Steve Lacey broke out because of TikTok. And this TMZ headline says Steve Lacey is a relatively new artist, but he's making one thing clear. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Steve Lacey's not new. He's been around forever. I don't know who Steve Lacey was probably five years. The TikTok made him blow up. So I'm angry about TikTok and what it's doing to the music business. I'm angry about the Packers not being able to establish the run, and I'm angry about Bill Belichick using two quarterbacks because, as the uh, old adage says, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I'm just feeling like an old man tonight, so strap in. We're going to have a lot of old man takes. Looking forward to it. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an awesome day. I've been reading a lot of Packers Twitter today, and Aaron Rodgers joins the Pat McAfee Show on Tuesdays, so Packers Twitter was out in full force. And uh, I am, I am, I'm, I'm wearing out on the Packers. I'm, I'm getting very annoyed with this team and with its fan base, of which I'm a part of. I'm a part of this fan base, and this fan base is driving me nuts. So I, uh, I'm interested to see how tonight goes because my frustration is mounting, and it's not even mounting with, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Lafleur or Gutekind. It's just in general, it's mounting. So I'm, I'm interested to see if tonight's show goes off the rails over the next two hours. And then we turn things over to Kenny and Heilprin at six o'clock. Zach and Ben are taking over and they're going to talk about the Badgers and about college football. And there's some really good Big Ten matchups this week. So clear your schedule for the night. Hang out right here. You can give me a call or a text 608-796-2558. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. I want to start with Monday Night Football, which was the Chicago Bears last night. They beat the Patriots 33-14. They now have the same record as the Packers. I'd like to admit something a little odd to begin the show. I don't want you to hold this against me. This is just me being honest. I enjoyed watching the Chicago Bears play well in Foxborough last night. And I'm not afraid to admit it. I enjoyed the Bears playing well and looking good last night. It's not to say that I'm cheering for the Bears to you know, beat the Packers and win the division. And No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I understand their arrival. I don't know. The Bears still suck. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. But... There's so many talented teams in the NFL that are underperforming. And it sucks to watch week in and week out. Our Packers are one of those teams that's underperforming. The Buccaneers, an NFC rival with Tom Brady, another team that's underperforming. The Chargers, the Raiders, the Rams, the Broncos. 
The Broncos might be the worst of them all. That roster is a Ferrari, and yet they can't win games. Now their quarterback is injured and injuries are mounting. There's so many teams in the NFL this season that should be good. Even the Niners, who we like. We think the Niners are a really good team. They're below 500. Reigning Super Bowl champs, the Rams are below 500. There's a lot of teams below 500. There's a lot of teams that should be fun to watch, and they're just not. So it was great last night to see a Bears team in primetime and actually see them be entertaining. It's like, wait, I'm, I'm used to turning on Monday Night Football and watching the worst game of my life. Or Thursday Night Football, I'm, I'm normally watching the Washington football team or whatever the hell they're called now beat some other crummy team at a score of 13 to 9, right? Last night's game was actually fun to watch. Even though it wasn't close, it wasn't competitive. But we did see a team, the Chicago Bears, play up to expectations or probably above expectations last night. But we got to see Justin Fields actually have a moment for the first time in his career. They had 11 designed runs for him last night. His previous high in his career was five. So they used, I believe they just had the mini buy after Thursday night football, right? The Bears didn't have their actual buy. They just had a 10-day a, a layoff after Thursday night football. So they used that time to scheme up more designed runs for Justin Fields. And he had a rushing touchdown last night. They more than doubled his previous career high for designed runs in one game. Herbert and Montgomery both had 62 rushing yards. Mooney and Komet didn't put up huge numbers, but they were on my television doing things, which they hadn't been at all previously this season. It was fun to watch the Bears last night. It was fun to watch a team actually rise to the occasion on primetime. It's been rare so far this season. Bears are three and four, and their fans are amped up. Looking like things are finally trending in the right direction. Justin Fields might actually be the guy. They're actually figuring out how to use him. Look at this, the Bears... The Packers have the same record, three and four, and fans are committing fan suicide. We, we are, we're, our houses are burning. Our, our governments are descending into anarchy. We don't know what we're doing. Our society is collapsing. Bears fans are like, hell yeah, this is kind of fun. Wild, wild scene last night. The Bears won 33 of 14. Maybe later on in the show when we get to Club NFL, we'll talk about what the Patriots were doing with two quarterbacks. Because the age-old saying goes that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That might be true with the Patriots. I don't really love Mac Jones, and I don't really think Bailey Zappi's that good, but there's a lot of quarterbacks this year that are playing that aren't that good. So maybe we'll talk about the Patriots more later on in the show. But that is the Bears. Let's transition to talk about the Packers a little bit. Yeah, it's been eight minutes. We should probably get to that. Team. All right, let's shift to this. Yesterday we talked about the vibes of the Packers and how the guys are wired, their personality, right, their demeanor, the way they're carrying themselves week in and week out and how they just don't look like they're that psyched to be out on the football field. We didn't talk about the X's and the O's yesterday. Talk about the Jimmy's and the Joe's, right? Remember talking about that with Mike in Windsor who called a little bit after I think 420 yesterday. Talk about how these guys are wired. And that's not just Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers who are the leaders on offense. Matt LaFleur is creating the offense. Aaron Rodgers in conjunction with Matt LaFleur is trying to execute that offense. It's not just Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. It seems like every guy on this roster is a total Debbie Downer. I get bummed out watching these guys. No one seems like they're having fun. And more importantly, no one is playing with an edge at all. I watch the Niners every week. The Niners still aren't above 500, and I'm still not sure that Jimmy G's any good. But that team's got an edge. That team steps onto the field, and they want to smash you. They want to hit you hard. Or even the Bears last night. The Bears were playing with an edge, especially that defense. Jaquan Brisker, he's flying around. He's playing with energy. He looks like he's excited to be a football player. I don't get those vibes from the Packers. 
Looks like they want to get in, escape with an uninspiring win, and get out before anyone can hit them too hard. That's what I get from the Packers. There's no edge there. The opposing teams of the Packers the last couple of weeks, at least over this three-game losing streak, they're playing with an edge. When the Jets came to Green Bay, they weren't distracted by the Packers' success. Oh, this is a team that's won 13 games the last couple of years. Aaron Rodgers winning MVPs. Oh, the the atmosphere and the aura of Lambeau Field. No, no, no. The Jets came into Green Bay looking to clown a soft team. Matt LaFleur, uh, his buddy, his former best man, Robert Sala, after the game basically said, yeah, these guys are soft. You know, we just dragged them out to the deep water. We knew they couldn't handle it. This is a soft team. Sauce Gardner was wearing a cheese head on the field after the game, which was brutal until it happened a week later. Now it's kind of become normal. The commanders didn't have any respect towards the Packers. They have no reverence to Aaron Rodgers. They're not kissing the ring of Aaron Rodgers. They don't care. Packers opponents are finding ways to disrespect them, think less of them, resent them. The Packers opponents come into town, they're chomping at the bit. Oh, we get to play the Packers, this soft team, this loser team, this quarterback that's a front runner, as uh, as Colin Coward keeps saying, and I think it's really funny, he's a baler, not a baller. Aaron's a baler, he's not a baller. Oh, my God. So teams are coming into town right now, and they smell blood in the water with this Packers team. And other teams find reasons to disrespect the Packers, find reasons to think less of them, find reasons to resent them. The Packers do the opposite. They do the actual opposite. And that is on Matt LaFleur. I've been talking about this for weeks and I've struggled to put it into words. I was trying to write down my thoughts this afternoon and write out examples. So remember the Patriots game. Going into that game and I'm thinking, here we go. Blow out. Let's end this sorry ass team's season. Playing at Lambeau, 3.30 game, picture perfect day. Nance and Romo on the call. Here we go. Brian Hoyer starting for New England. The Packers in that game should be smelling blood. They should be chomping at the bit to get out there and beat the tar out of this Patriots team. Instead, they escaped with a win in overtime. Probably shouldn't have won. And all I hear about after the game, well, you know, that's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, is he's not the greatest of all time for no reason. He That's, that's Bill Belichick for you. Yeah, but what about the ass third-string quarterback? Does that not matter? The fact that they don't have any good wide receivers? Does that not matter? The fact that the, other than Matthew Judon, they don't really have any talent on defense? Does that, that matter? Yet, Matt LaFleur seemed to focus on the one reason why the Packers shouldn't have won instead of the countless reasons that they should have won. Do you get what I'm saying? Right? Like, There's all of these issues with the Patriots. And yet, Bill Belichick's a great coach, and Matt LaFleur obsesses over that. Well, you know, Bill Belichick's just so great. I, I don't know how we're going to win. Like, well, I do. They don't have any good wide receivers. Their quarterback is the third string who has never played an NFL game before. You're at Lambeau, 330 game, picture perfect day. Everything's lining up for you. Oh, but Bill Belichick's a good coach. My bad. God help us escape with a win. The Giants game, much of the same. The Giants stink. I know they keep winning games, but they stink. They're not good. They have a bunch of wide receivers and cornerbacks that no one has ever heard of. And when the Packers played the Giants in London... They had a home crowd. They maybe had a better crowd in Lambeau or, or a better crowd in London, excuse me, than they would have at Lambeau because Peepaw and Mama stayed home. They didn't want to make the flight. So you had a crowd that's average age is less than, I don't know, deceased. And they actually made some noise in London. What a great opportunity. Go out there, put on a showcase for your international fans, get a great win. 
Packers lose, and all I hear about in the post-game press conference, well, Wink Martindale. God, he's a real, oh, that guy. I I'm, I don't know how he scored any points at all against that guy. How, how could we ever beat Wink Martindale? Again, I'm not arguing that Wink Martindale is not a good coach. He is. But again, Matt LaFleur focusing on the Packers' one area of inferiority rather than all of the ways that the Packers are superior to the Giants. The Packers' corners should have been blanketing the Giants' wide receivers for the entire game, and they didn't. Packers' wide receivers, as inexperienced or as injured as they might be, should be able to go up against a bunch of practice squad corners and get open, and they couldn't. Packers could have run the ball. They chose not to. They had all these opportunities to get off the field. They didn't. All of these reasons the Packers should have won, including a great crowd in a really cool venue. Ball boy, Mark Nail. I don't know. It, it, Matt LaFleur's always looking for the one reason to be scared of the opponent rather than the countless reasons that we should be chomping at the bit to play said opponent. And that's the difference between the Packers and these other teams. The Jets come into Lambeau, they smell blood in the water, right? The Giants match up against the Packers. They come out of the tunnel at halftime, they smell blood in the water. The Jets come to Lambeau, the Packers are soft. They're smelling blood in the water. The Packers don't smell blood in the water. They smell poop in their own pants. Because one defensive coordinator on a really crummy team scares them. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I, I'm really trying to put a complex idea into words. And I hope I'm communicating it well. That the Packers are always looking for the one reason that they shouldn't win a game rather than the countless number of reasons that they should. And that's a huge issue with the mindset of this team. Every team that the Packers will play from now until the end of my life will have at least one good player. They'll have at least one good coach. They'll have at least one good position group. Like Washington, oh, they got a nasty defensive line. Oh, God help us all. How will we ever score three points? You know, there's always going to be at least one redeeming quality about the opposition. Even the worst teams, they're going to have one good player, one good coach. They're going to have one redeeming quality. The NFL is a really balanced league, even from the best team to the worst team. Baseball isn't like that. Basketball isn't like that. Football is like that. That's why they say any given Sunday, right? The Packers need to do a better job smelling blood in the water and thinking about and talking about and scheming about the reasons they should win a game rather than obsessing over the reasons that they shouldn't win a game. Every team's going to have at least one good coach, one good player, one good position group. That one entity can't be the reason for the Packers' downfall every single week. I'm sick of it. The Packers show too much respect to their opponents, and I think it affects how they carry themselves. It affects their demeanor out on the field. I don't think they play with confidence. I think they play small. They play scared. Where other teams come into Lambeau and they're like, I can't wait to play this team. Let me add Aaron Rodgers. Let me get a pop at the king. And the Packers are terrified of the Giants because they employ Wink Martindale, who, as Eric on I-90 taught me a couple of weeks ago, was a uh, was a game show host back in the day. I'm sorry I, I laughed. I was going to check Twitter a couple of tweets here before we took a break. And this parody account followed me. <laughs> I thought it was the... So there's a Packers guy on Twitter named Ken Ingles. You know who this is? Packers. <laughs> Packers cap guy. And I thought Ken followed me for a sec, but no, it's Ken Pringles, Packers Catering. <laughs> if whoever made that account is listening, God bless you. That's good internet. couple of tweets here. At Wisco Grant, one from Williams says, NBA Lounge, Jay Crowder to the Bucks. Any traction on that? That sounds like something we should most certainly address on Thursday when we step into the NBA Lounge.
of a tweet here from Packers Truth about the lack of wide receivers on the Packers. That's actually something I want to talk about at 435. When we come back, two things that Aaron Rodgers said today on the Pat McAfee show that really got Packers fandom uh, a Twitter. And I mean that literally because they were making noise on Twitter, but also a Twitter is in it got folks riled up. One comment about one Tom Clemens, his quarterback coach, and one comment about expectations moving forward. We'll hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers before talking about the wide receivers because I got some words about Brian Gutekinds. That's all coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you've had an awesome day. Man, I am thrilled for the next few hours. We're going to have Mike Clemens at 530. Zach and Ben taking over. Kenny and Heilprin starting at 6. Oh, oh, oh. Glad the Bucks don't play tonight because I wouldn't be watching. I'm going to sit at home with my radio next to me. Not actually, but I do look forward to Kenny and Heilprin every week. It's one of my favorite shows. That's coming up. Mike Clemens on the way as well, like I said. And hopefully you. 608-796-2558. If you'd like to join the show, give me a call or a text. We're talking Packers. What's new? Packers fandom really got after it on Twitter today because Aaron Rodgers joined the McAfee show. I don't know what Packers fans want of Aaron Rodgers on McAfee, you know, because they've lost three games in a row now. Do we want him to go on the McAfee show and talk about how he sucked and how the Packers sucked and how he's angry? I, I don't know. He's going on a sports radio show. He's being a good guest. He's talking about the team. The Packers fans were upset. I was listening live in the moment because I didn't want to miss anything. Uh, It's not like it was that entertaining for the most part. I'd like to congratulate myself personally for being the one Packers fan that didn't tweet about it uh, because everyone was upset about Rodgers and tweeting about this and that. It's like, hey, guys, we got to relax a little bit. Rodgers is Rodgers. He's a complicated fella. Uh, He always has been and he always will be. So the sooner we just, we calm down about Rodgers and let it roll off our back, even if he annoys us, the better. Let's take a deep breath, guys. Two quotes specifically that really got Packers fans going today, and I thought we would listen in. Uh, The first one, he was asked about his performance on Sunday. How do you think you played? And I think it was A.J. Hawk that asked him, and uh, this was Aaron Rodgers' answer. 12 seconds. I mean, this was my highest graded game. By Tom, uh, yeah, which people would be maybe surprised to hear. <laughs> Man, don't respond too quickly there, Pat and AJ. Tom Clements is the quarterback coach of the Packers, by the way. I mean, this was my highest graded game by Tom, uh, yeah, which maybe. Uh, maybe people would be maybe surprised to hear. <laughs> Obviously, grades are a complicated thing. Pro Football Focus does it. I know Andy Herman does his grades. I don't know what his scale is or what his system is. I'm trying to think of a game this season that actually was great for Aaron Rodgers. Like, why wouldn't Sunday's game be his best rated game? He threw two touchdowns. When was the last time he did that? You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of the last time I watched Aaron Rodgers and he really jumped off the screen. I mean, they beat the Bears 27 to 10. What was his stat line like in that game? Let's go look. Rodgers finished that game 19 to 25 for 234 yards and two touchdowns. Man, that's kind of Rodgers' average stat line these days, right? Completes about 20 balls, 
Less than 250 yards, maybe a couple of touchdowns, maybe not. Although they haven't been doing a lot of running on the goal line this year or in short yardage situations. So some of those crucial plays are going on Aaron Rodgers' throws instead. So maybe that gooses his touchdown numbers a bit. But when he says that that was his best rated game, I laugh that it's Tom Clements, who is the Packers quarterback coach, who's telling him that. But I also get it because I'm, I'm not really sure. Guys, has there been a game where he's blown us away? Has there been a great Aaron Rodgers game this year? Not really. Why wouldn't Sunday be his best-rated game? You know what I mean? Another quote that got Aaron Rodgers going and that got Packers fans going, uh, Rodgers calling to cut playing time of certain guys if they're not executing. So they got talking back and forth about how they need to execute better, mental mistakes, simple mistakes, uh, you know, kind of the same things we've been hearing for a few weeks. This is Aaron Rodgers basically saying, hey, guys need to make plays or they're not going to play. You know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, we gotta got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. So we're, we're going to see. We made some changes, you know, last week. We moved uh, Yash over to right right tackle. We moved John to right guard. Um, Elton to left guard. So, you know, we're, we're doing some things. Um, and there'll be more opportunities for other guys, I think, moving forward, too, especially with our injury situation uh, as we look at uh, this week and see who's healthy. So he said something like this in training camp, didn't he? Or week one or the preseason, I don't remember when. He's like, hey, you know, you're going to execute and you're going to catch the ball or you're not going to play. I think it was maybe you're going to catch the ball, you're not going to play. If you can't catch the ball, you're not going to play. Something like that, right? So it's not like this is new and the principle isn't wrong, right? If guys are making a ton of mistakes then they shouldn't be out there. I just wonder specifically, who are we going to take off the field? You know what I mean? Like his boy, his buddy, a veteran, Sammy Watkins, he was maybe the biggest perpetrator of a lot of these mental mistakes, lining up in the wrong spot, um, running the wrong route. Also, that's not a mental mistake. That's just a mistake. That's another thing. It's like, well, I'm making mental mistakes. I don't know that it's a mental mistake. He lined up in the wrong spot. He ran the wrong route. He went left instead of going right. I don't know that that's a mental mistake. That's just a mistake. Okay. So are we taking Sammy Watkins off the field? Sammy Watkins, I thought, was really important to this team, and he was really effective early in the year, and he's Aaron Rodgers' buddy. We're going to take him off the field? Are we going to take Romeo Dobbs off the field? If we take Romeo Dobbs off the field, we have nothing left. Also, I would like to, starting today, be very pro-Romeo Dobbs guy. I will defend him tooth and nail because, you know what? He's out there. He's playing. Unlike Christian Watson, unlike Sammy Watkins, unlike Randall Cobb, now Al Lazard is dinged up, and Al Lazard hasn't been perfect holding on to the ball either. I'll defend Romeo Dobbs to the mat. I'll go to the mat for Romeo Dobbs because you know what? At least he's out there playing. I guess I, I wonder, specifically a wide receiver, you know, with these mistakes, who does Aaron Rodgers think deserves to have their snaps cut? And who are we putting out there? Juwan Winfrey? Juwan Winfrey dropped a pass. Was that last week or the week before? Juwan Winfrey hasn't done anything either. I just, I get the idea that it'd be better, can't be making mistakes, but I, I don't know if it's as simple as then, okay, well, we'll cut snaps. Well, there aren't many snaps in the first place. The Packers barely ran any plays on Sunday, and I'm not sure who is looming on the bench who's going to be any better. 608-796-2558, Wisco Chad in Sun Prairie. What's going on, Chad? It's been a while. How are you living? How are you living? I am uh, living well. The Packers are slowly sucking the life out of me and the joy, uh, but I'm, I'm well. How about you? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I feel the crushing nut kick continuum that is Wisconsin sports fandom. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> this is even worse. This is a low, like lower level of despair than I felt in a while. Yes, with the Packers. I mean, we did certainly. beat the Bears. So. That's true. We did beat the Bears. We have the same you record. Know, as I, Bears, I, I, I said this for anybody that's willing to listen. Our Wisconsin sports teams, with the lack of, or with the uh, minus the Bucks, have had a lack of leadership, like true leadership. You know, you can hem and haw around it all you want, but Aaron Rodgers is kind of a turd. <laughs> um, At least in, in his approach. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't just sit there and throw daggers with your eyes at people and expect them to be perfect. Like, work through it. Hey, how about you lead by example and show up to OTAs? They're genius. <laughs> um, like, That's just me. You know, speaking of leadership, it. you know, the Brewers and the Bucks definitely or the Brewers and the Packers definitely don't have the edge that the Bucks do, right? The Bucks are looking out to they're they're looking to kill teams. Like that that series against the Celtics, they were trying to kill the Celtics even without Middleton. The Brewers just look sad. The Packers just look scared and depressed when they play. There is definitely a difference in the mentality of the Bucks versus our other teams, you know? And, and, you know, you you've kind of hit to it, right? Like that scheming to beat to uh, mop the floor of what is your team's weakness. That's yeah. what, that, you know, like, that's a, not to quote, like, the greatest coach in the NFL history, Bill Belichick, but that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He, he mops the floor with what he can, and he takes away your strengths. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt LaFleur seems to play in other teams' strengths, seemingly, with game plan, and then, I don't know, it's just... It's very interesting to me. I get the same feeling like deja vu that Mike McCarthy at his twilight kind of came. Oh, shucks, guys. We tried real hard. We planned, but we couldn't take them down. Yeah. We'll get them again. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I'm uninspired. When you start losing games over and over and over again in a row, you start hearing the same things in press conferences, and then fans start to get really, really upset because they're hearing the same things and they're not seeing any changes. So I get it, but Packers fandom is not in a good place right now. That being said, I think you'd be remiss to not put a big bet out on the pack to beat the Bills because (laughs) it's all rigged. To beat the Bills? Or to, to cover or oh, just yeah. to play well? No, you know what? You could probably straight up put them to beat them. No, I think they'll cover because, you know what, whatever. It's that, uh, That's going on here. I, I look at the Badgers on Sunday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. That that uh, the over covered because, you know, some questionable uh, refereeing decisions. Uh, I kind of felt that way even. You know, I, I'm not one to fault the refs, but talk about a momentum change on a phantom Illegal contact. Play. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I agree. I the other frustrating thing is the offense just wasn't scoring any points. So I, I want to be mad about how that call really changed the game, but I, I'm more mad that our offense can't score seven points in the first three quarters or whatever it was. But yeah. For once the defense, for once the defense looked good and he had yeah. points on the board, positive momentum, things were good. We were crushing souls, and then no. <laughs> and like, then in the second <laughs> half, yeah. They couldn't get off the field. It's frustrating. And I, it's not just the coaches. It's not just the players. I actually have a bone to pick with Brian Gutekinst, and we're going to talk about that coming up next. Chad, it was nice to hear from you. Can I hear from you before uh, a month or two from now? Can you call back sometime? You can. You can. You know, uh, you know Brian Gutekinst comes from the Harvard of the Midwest. I know so he does. I, you know, I, 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 he's, uh, 
Well, he's a team player there. I mean, he's on my team. So, uh, you know, fellow Harvard of the Midwest grad. Uh, I can't uh, fault him too bad. Yeah, go Eagles. We love UWL. Thanks, Chad. Have a good night. See you, Grant. It's a, it's a proud fraternity, the UWL Eagles, uh, which Chad is one. I am one. We have a couple contributors to this show. Justin Garcia, Bart Winkler, both UWL Eagles, and Brian Gudikins as well. And I have a bone to pick with that guy and the way he's handled one position group in particular over the last couple of years. We'll talk about that next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Got to got to start cutting some reps, and maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. So we're we're gonna see. We made some changes, you know. Last week we moved uh, Yash over to right right tackle. We moved John to right guard, um, Dalton to left guard. So you know we're we're doing some things, um, and there'll be more opportunities for other guys like moving forward too, especially with our injury situation uh, as we look at uh, this week and see who's healthy. You heard the man play better. You're not going to be playing. Got to start cutting some reps. It's Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show today. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Mike Clemens in one hour. Kenny and Heilprin in an hour and a half. This is basically just the Kenny and Heilprin pregame show. If we have time after five o'clock, I do have a little bit of an admission to make. I'm I'm maybe going to watch a little bit more college football than I have previously because the NFL isn't boring me. That's not what I'm saying. There's just not a ton of good games every week. I feel like I'm going to cut out a little bit of NFL watching and I'm, I'm going to start to open up my Saturdays a little bit because the last couple Saturdays I've been watching and I've had a, a really good time outside of the Badgers. I always watch the Badgers, but the rest of college football, man, I'm really enjoying some of these games and there's some really good Big Ten matchups coming up this weekend so maybe we'll get to that in the second half of the show and if I don't get to it Zach and Ben definitely will at six o'clock on Kenny and Heilprin 608-796-2558 David Minona is here Dave were you serious in the text that you sent me yesterday because you made me laugh out loud <laughs> which one uh you said what why are you talking so negative? Don't you know your listeners look to you oh, for yeah. confidence and a smile and a good word? You don't mean that, do you? That's not what people look to me for. <laughs> no, because I'm the biggest horse's ass there is. So coming from me, something positive, I thought I would just be kind of a smart ass thing. You shouldn't be so negative. You should be, you should be positive. <laughs> well, it made me laugh. Because you that's your generation, you know, hug and kiss and make yep. somebody accountable. Yeah. And when people, you know, when they call you up and safe they spaces, criticize you, yeah, I mean, you don't want to hurt, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings yep. in, in your generation. I mean, God forbid, uh, you hurt somebody's feeling by saying naughty, naughty. I mean, we bad up to give you all a trophy and a ribbon. And thank you. And if you go college, if you go six and six in college, you're given trips and bling and free tutors. I mean, come on. I mean, they look to you to, to encourage that freeloading type of you know, lifestyle with a handout, and you know, never work. Never, you know, don't do don't do crap with your life. Come on, you should know better. It's, it's okay, guys. The Packers are trying their hardest, and they seem like really yeah. good guys. Is that better? They try. Yeah. Now, 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 the only thing in defense of Rodgers, and I can't believe I'm going to defend him on one thing only. They had eight drop balls. Oh yeah. So let, let, let's just play, let's just play this out. If they catch six of those, it's a different game. They catch five of those, it's a different game. And a lot of those drop balls, one was a touchdown, 
three or four or first downs, and we don't know what's going to happen after. Those drop balls yeah. normally occurred on third down, and those drop balls aren't – I mean, sure, Rodgers may have thrown them at their feet up high, but you're being paid a million dollars to catch a ball. It's not right. If you, if you could reach for it, you could catch it. And when you're dropping balls, that's not on Rodgers. That's on Matt LaFour because, one, mm. he keeps you in the game. And I know, oh, what else do we have? Well, guess what? I'd rather have a whole practice squad of receivers in there because guess what? You know, at least they're going to try and do no worse. And, you know, and to me, the single biggest mistake we made was re-signing Rodgers $50 million. It's never been done in the NFL where a quarterback who makes more than was it, 14 or 17% of the t- team's um, allocated funds has won the Super Bowl. I mean, Brady, he, he gave it all back because he, you know, he had a sugar mama. And outside of him, look at everybody. But, I mean, like you said, Matt, La, Matt LaFlunk, aren't, I mean, aren't I the one who criticized this guy for three years? And what is you? No, no, uh, uh, you, you can't do that. Matt LaFlunk's 39. I think I was the one that told, told all you people out there. He was god-awful. He didn't know what he was doing. He was out of his league. No, no, no. Dave from notice. He's an idiot. He can't see what the hell does he know. He doesn't know what's going on on the sidelines. I mean, you know, I try to I try to tell you people I know everything. So tell tell now me I'm this. Give you the, tell me tell me this. Why was yeah. it working the last two years with Lafleur, and why is it not working this season? What changed? Because you had because I want to tell you why. You had Devontae Adams who who drew coverage away from the other horrible receivers. So when, you, when you're double covering or, or, or double stacking one receiver, that frees up the other other receivers to, you know, to get open because you know they're more concerned about taking away Adams. Now that you ain't got Adams out there, teams can spread out and guard you know and cover you one on one. And so, and I wish one play they would get rid of, get rid of the one man screen onto the sidelines. Yeah, that don't work. Um, running the you know, that type of thing. Why I have no idea. You're not utilizing Dylan and Roger, Dylan and Jones and. Every single play, they should be involved in every single play. Why that is? That's a Matt Lafleur thing. He's out of his league. Now, what I'd like to see someday is would it be nice to have a pay for view where you actually paid for the game? You could actually hear live what's going on during the game. I would pay for that. like the calls on the headsets and stuff. You mean? Oh yeah, the that or or what the players are saying. Oh you know, yeah, you know, what the players are saying on the line of scrimmage, and I mean. But I'm going to make a bold prediction that as Nelson and Evo know, okay. when I when I, I, I call them my cock-off bets that I'm never wrong, Okay, people, Green Bay is going to beat Buffalo straight up Sunday night. And here's why. When okay, the whole world, it. no, and I'm going to tell you why. When the whole world, betting world, fans, both sides, all are against you, it's called the reverse theory. The team normally, uh, they're against Usually comes out and wins. This week, everybody has Green Bay getting crushed, lost, done for lost. Their history, they're all over. Forget them. Don't be shocked if they come out and win the game outright. Because that's just never what happens. I'm going to bet. I mean, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to tease them. I'm going to tease them up to seventeen and a half. Okay. You know, on Green Bay. I'm doing a two-team teaser with Tampa Bay and uh, and Green Bay. Going to tease them both seven points. That's going to be the easiest, easiest money I ever made. But I think the Packers gonna are going to play Nelson. good. I just, I just don't know that they can win. I don't know that it's possible. I, 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 you know, because, because everybody in the world says that. And what normally happens when everybody says it. Now, don't be shocked, man. I mean, Green Bay, you watch. It's, it's going it's to it probably come down to the last drive of the game. 
Mm-hmm. And the defense is going to have to make a play, win or lose. That's what the Wizards sees in his crystal ball from behind the curtain. It comes down to the final drive. Green Bay defense either makes a play or doesn't make a play to determine the game. But I'm uh, as Nelson knows, I'm uh, never wrong. So well, you picked I, you picked Wisconsin to lose to Illinois at home weeks before the season oh, ever started. Oh, that was an so easy I, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was an easy one. I took Philadelphia to go to the World Series too before they started mm-hmm. because every series has a turning point. This year, Philadelphia scored six runs at the top of the ninth. Um, the year the Brewers lost it to Washington, the guy had a, you know, the ball got by the right fielder in the bottom of the eighth. There's always, look, look at Bartman, there's always a turning point, some freak thing that happens. You know, the Cardinals were neighbor one. They've had two outs, nobody on base. Rattle off three hits, they come back and win a game. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Philadelphia, I don't know about, about, about beating Houston because. I've not watched, listened to one inning. I'm kind of, I'm kind of cheering for the Phillies just because of Ben Kenny. Someone in the state needs uh, to no, be no, happy no, about their ben baseball Kenny. team. I know you. I know you slobber all over that. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised we got Ben Kenny shorts. And Do you have any and... friends? Do you have any friends in the world? What's wrong with having a friend or at least a coworker that you're friendly with? I hate people. And I hate everybody. You know <laughs> okay, that. fair. Okay, that's fair. All right. Well, I've written yeah. it down, Dave. Uh, your patented cock off yep. bet. Uh, the Packers went yep. straight up. I actually don't, in principle, disagree. I just don't know how it works. But in principle, again, I don't disagree. Thank you for the call, Dave. We'll talk again, I'm sure. I'll be calling in Monday, winter or lose, but I, you know, we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. That's our friend uh, Dave and Monona. I just don't know that even if the Packers play their best game, which I think they might, I just don't know how they can win because this roster, especially with all the injuries at wide receiver, just doesn't come close to Buffalo. Defensively, I, I think they're in the ballpark. Now, their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, can't hold a candle to Leslie Frazier. You know, just talking about f- former uh, NFC North coaches that have moved on to bigger and better things. Joe Barry once in Detroit. Leslie Frazier once the head coach of the Vikings. When they were in the Metrodome? Or was that TCF Bank territory? I don't remember. Leslie Frazier was their head coach at one point, correct? Yeah, Les Frazier. So Leslie Frazier is a much better coach than Joe Barry. And the Bills do have better personnel. I think they have better leadership too, but the Packers are right up there. I wouldn't be shocked. I said this yesterday. I weirdly like the Packers' chances of playing a pretty good game on Sunday night. Now, I don't know what result we'll get. I don't know what that will look like, but I think they're going to play pretty good. Speaking of Ben Kenny, I was texting him about this earlier today. His prediction was, I think they go up 10 to nothing and then lose 28 to 13. That would be very LaFleurian. That would be a very Matt LaFleur Packers thing to do. I do think they're going to play great. I just don't know if it'll matter against Buffalo, which is frustrating because if they play probably 75% of as good against New York or New York or Washington as they're going to play against Buffalo, they win all of those games easily the last three weeks. But not how it went down. Let's take a break. We'll talk more Packers coming up next. We're going to get to Brian Gutekinds. I I am mad at him. Maybe we'll push that back until 5 o'clock. We'll talk more coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I tweeted out at Wisco Grant, so we have written record of it. David Monona is predicting Packers straight up win in Buffalo on Sunday night. Dave has been known to nail a prediction here and there. I give him a lot of credit for 
picking Brett Bielema to beat the Badgers at home. I don't know if he was predicting it would get Paul Chris fired, but he did predict it before the season. Uh, now, I don't know. Maybe he calls the morning show with Ebo and Nelson and makes like a, a bet every single day. So maybe I'm only hearing the winners. Maybe. Uh, but Dave has shown a propensity to get these things right. So that makes me feel better about this Sunday's game, right? The Packers wide receivers do not allow me to feel good about this game. And I think that's Brian Gudikin's fault. Actually, I know it is. And I want to complain about it. And we can talk about that coming up after 5 o'clock. Mike Clemens at 5.30. Tom in lacrosse is here. 608-796-2558. What's up, Tom? What's good? Uh, I uh, I haven't listened to much of the show. I plan on catching it more on podcast. But I thought nice. I'd call in and put in my two cents. You, by two the way, are a, a Minnesota sports fan. Before we talk about the Packers really quickly, do you have a statement on your Wolves? They lost to the Spurs. Who stink? last night after losing to the Jazz. What's up there? I Not great. Um, I am a believer in this plan. I think giving Anthony Edwards two four-year windows, like leading up to his prime and then through his prime, will be awesome. I hope, obviously, that's contingent on us keeping him. But it was hard to see the effort put in. Like, that clearly isn't there. Um, I think some of the ideas are right. It's just, it's going to be clunky. Like, it's a guy that's played center forever. It's a guy that also doesn't play much defense and cat. Yeah. Takes and, time. I get but it. I think it'll work after, like, 25 to 30 games, which, like, does that sound really long? Yeah. But I think we'll win 50 games this year and be, like, a four seed ish. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, we don't need to dwell on the Wolves today, but I was watching them last night, so I wanted to bring it up. What were you originally calling about? Packers, Vikings, rivalry, Seymour? I'll make one of them quick because we had this conversation a few months back. I recall us, and granted, my side hasn't done much better, but everyone, I remember we were talking about Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. And Kyler Murray has not done anything great. If the only things he does do is sort of keep his team in games, I have him in fantasy. It's ridiculously frustrating. But I remember um, Colin Cowherd or someone was talking, I think it was him, about like how he's had two different coaching regimes and the same staff. Mm-hmm. And he said, this guy's a consummate professional. He touted it as a good thing. And I just looked at that and I said, you count that as good? Like, And so I've been like chewing on my thoughts like because I don't really like Justin Herbert. Something about the guy just drives me up a wall. And I'm like, oh, my God. I came up, It came to me like last week, like halfway oh. through the week. And I was like, he's flashy Kurt Cousins. So he's he's Kirk Cousins, but he's tall and has a huge arm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. He doesn't, I, except, I don't know, Kirk Cousins utilizes his best receivers, and Justin Herbert tends to not do that very Well, often. his best guys are hurt. Give him a break for and, now on that. Oh, but I know here, you. hold on. Let me give you the litany of Kirk Cousins. Oh, injuries. Oh, coaching. Oh, offensive coordinator. He's had every excuse, and this guy's supposed to be like a Joe Burrow lift up this team over into at least into the playoffs and i don't think they're gonna do it another year you don't think you're they're gonna make the playoffs this year your vikings are five and one aren't they four and one five and one what are they no 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 justin herbert and the chargers oh Oh, my vikings are we might make it to the super bowl the nfc is so bad no the nfc is so bad like I'm not saying we we have a lot of issues. We always say that, but then they're like, but then it's not bad. Like, I I agree with you. It is bad. And then a lot of these games suck. And I don't like watching a lot of these games, which is why I've started to watch more college football. But I don't, I don't, the Vikings are in such a weird spot, especially because they're on bye. Like we've just kind of ignoring the fact that they're running away with the North. Yeah. 
I didn't love that, but except for we won pretty much this weekend with everyone losing except for the Bears in the division. But I know uh, my thing with the like NFC, I guess, is it's the term any given Sunday stands in the NFC because there's no elite quarterback. There's no like in the AFC, it's any given Sunday is times 10. Like if you want to look at the best quarterback right now in the NFC, maybe based on stats or wins or whatever, you'd probably say like Geno Smith and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Like who's producing this year only. Now, obviously it's not like we're going to necessarily trust them deep. Yeah. But this is why I'm watching college football, by the way, is when the best, most productive (laughs) quarterback in in the NFC is Geno Smith. Yeah. I'm, I I have a hard time believing that the Vikings are just going to coast to the NFC North the way they have so far, but I also don't really have much confidence in the Packers doing anything too great over the next couple of weeks, so we'll see. If you want to do an exercise, look at the opposing quarterback that the Vikings play the rest of the year. Like, seven out of the ten of them are just, like, relative garbage. And I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is playing great because he's he's reversed the story. Instead of padding his stats, he's winning at the end of the game and driving us down the field. Yeah. But no, even on your Packers, then, like, I've been watching a lot of Packer football, obviously, being in Wisconsin. It's hard not to. And I also, I try not to look at it too cynically. Like, I, I did think, and I feel like I called in after week one and said, hey, I don't know if any of this is fixable. And so far, that doesn't seem to be that far off. Well, I got you, Tom. I, uh, wow, that doesn't make me feel better. I got to take a break here in about 25 seconds. Can we talk more Packers Vikings as the season goes along? I can't wait to watch this division play out. Yeah. All right, Tom. Have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's our guy, Minnesota Tom in lacrosse. Damn it. Did he say that after week one? Oh, damn it. Well, I'm going to yell at the Packers about wide receivers coming up next. Speaking of things that aren't fixable at this point in the season, Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes. Guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, you gotta, gotta start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I'll be damned if I have a Vikings caller call in and take a victory lap on my show. I don't remember what Tom said after week one. The issues that the Packers had in week one against the Vikings was that it was week one and they just don't try in week one. Uh, But now the problem is they're also not trying in week five, week six. Now we're going into week seven, week eight. Uh, Probably probably time to get it rolling. I I don't know. This team just... Kind of doesn't seem to have an edge. Doesn't really seem to, I don't know, smell blood in the water. Don't really seem to have very much fire. It's very frustrating. And then you watch press conferences like Aaron Rodgers, for example. He's, you know, very relaxed. I don't know. Do I want him to throw stuff at the podium or yell? I don't know what I want. This is uncharted for us Packers fans. We're all going through it. Bears went to three and four last night, which is the same record as the Packers. And their fans have never been better. Meanwhile, Packers fans want to keep themselves out of a high window. Got a text here from DW in New Glarus. He says, Grant, the Brewers offense hits harder than this Packers defense and that's not saying much. (laughs) No, it does not. Well put, DW. Thank you for the text. 
608-796-2558. If you want to call or text the show, Mike Clements is going to be here in a half hour. Kenny and Heilprin coming up in 57 minutes. 57 minutes and 6 seconds, 5 seconds, 4 seconds. They're coming up. They're going to talk college football, Badgers, and what's going to be a really good slate of Big Ten games on Saturday. So you have, I think, two ranked Ohio State. And what's Penn State up to? They're top 10 after just giving her to the Gophers last weekend. That game's in the morning, which will kind of start out the slate. Yeah, they're 13th. Northwestern Iowa intrigues me. I don't know why. It, it just seems like <laughs> like that game could finish 6-3, to three, and that sounds fun. Also, I'm not sure that Illinois is great. I think they have Nebraska. Like, is Illinois going to trip up in a game that they should lose? Because up until this point, they've been pretty near impeachable. Other than that 9-6 to six win over Iowa, I'm hoping for another result like that with Iowa and Northwestern this weekend. And then Wisconsin and uh, who's Wisconsin play? Why did I not even remember? Michigan plays Michigan State at night. Why do I not remember who Wisconsin plays? This is embarrassing. I'm going to check. I'm going to feel really dumb when I pull it open. Purdue on Saturday, and they play on Saturday, Maryland. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> I don't think I had checked yet. But I am looking forward to Saturday. Maybe not for the Badgers, maybe some for the other games. I have yet to skip a Badger game yet this season, though. I will wear that like a badge of honor, and I will tell that to Zach and Ben when they question my fandom, uh, as they should. 608-796-2558. Like I said, call and text. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I want to yell about Brian Gutekinds, Okay. Because a lot of the Packers' discourse from the last three weeks has been Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, or Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur, or Aaron Rodgers versus Matt LaFleur, right? We're talking about these two guys and their role in what has been a really underwhelming offense, an offense that I think on Sunday, what did they have, seven points through three quarters? They can't move the ball. They can't convert on third downs or fourth downs. They can't punch it into the end zone. They can't catch really catchable passes. It's just a really frustrating offense right now. So we're parsing through and and trying to dissect and diagnose what's up. And the conversation has been about Rodgers and LaFleur. And that's fair. We haven't talked much about Brian Gutekind or the roster because this team should be better than this. I don't think this team is maximizing their talent. I don't even know if they're, are, are they getting an average return on the talent they have? You know, forget maximizing their talent. They're not even coming close, right? Vegas thought this team was going to be better. Our eyeballs should tell us that this team should be better. The Bears are outscoring Aaron Rodgers the last two weeks, right? It's not to say the roster is perfect. There's one shortcoming of Brian Gutekinds that is really driving me up a wall, and I really kind of did a deep dive into today. And I knew what I was going to find, but I just needed to find it specifically so I could reference some of these things from the last few years. He doesn't value wide receiver at all. And we have mountains and mountains of evidence that Wide receiver is pretty important in 2022. Look at the difference before and after Devontae Adams. Look at what the Eagles look like now with A.J. Brown and with Devontae Smith. Look at what the Dolphins look like now that Jalen Waddles popped and now they got Tyree Kill. Wide receiver seems pretty important, right? Seems like a player that can really tip the scales where maybe 10 years ago we didn't feel the same way. I remember Colin Cowherd famously saying that wide receivers are the icing on the cake. I don't know that that remains true in 2022. We have a lot of evidence that would say wide receivers can really flip the scales of a team. And Gudikins has failed this team with the way that he's handled wide receiver. And not just this last offseason, right? Although this last offseason was pretty bad. You look around, Sammy Watkins is hurt? What? You couldn't have seen that coming. Randall Cobb's hurt? No. Alan Lazard's missing time? Well, Alan Lazard gets hurt. 
Christian Watson, oh, a 23-year-old who played at North Dakota State who had injury problems at North Dakota State. Oh, he's hurt? Wow. Couldn't have seen this going down this way, which is why a new thing starting today, I am the world's number one Romeo Dobbs defender, even if he's going to drop passes. Because you know what? He's playing. He's out there. He's available, which is more than you can say for a lot of the guys at the wide receiver position for the Packers. Brian Gudikins took over in 2018. It feels like it was not that long ago. Gudikins has five drafts now. 18, 19, 20, 21, and 2022, just earlier this year. He's five drafts in. Seems like he was hired two years ago, three years ago, tops. Again, I still think that the pandemic really messed up our sense of timing. Everything that happened before the pandemic, like my, my not depth perception, but I, I guess it would be my mental version of depth perception. Like how long ago 2018 feels is warped by the fact that we had that weird year-long pandemic window that really warped everything. But Goody's been here for a long time. And remember, he took over for Ted Thompson following a 7-9 and nine season that got McCarthy fired. And the offense stunk that season. It's not like Brian Gutekinds took over a team that was humming on offense that needed to build a defense. No, 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 no. The offense stunk too. The wide receivers on that team at the time were Devontae Adams, who was far from elite, Geronimo Allison, who, well, you know, Randall Cobb, and Jordy Nelson. And Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson were both on their way out. Right? So in the 2018 draft, he goes Jair first round, Josh Jackson second round, Oren Burks third round. He did end up taking three wide receivers, but they came in the fourth round, the fifth round, in the sixth round. And even though you want to give Brian Gutekind credit for drafting Marquez Valdez-Scantling, well, he took a punter before he took MVS. J.K. Scott came off the board before MVS was drafted. It's not like he was really prioritizing that position. 2019 draft, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, also known as HaHa ha Clinton Dix 2.0, Elton Jenkins, who's great, Jay Sternberger, who sucked, and Kingsley Kiki. 2020. We thought in 2020, well, the last two years didn't go our way. Wide receivers didn't fall on the board like we hoped. So many talented wide receivers in this draft. Certainly they'll address wide receiver in this draft. And no, they took a backup quarterback and a glorified fullback and an H-back. And a bunch of offensive linemen that aren't playing. So, really good draft in 2020. And then in 2021, they took Eric Stokes and Josh Myers. A pick before Creed Humphrey came off the board, who's one of the best centers now in the NFL. And they took Amari Rodgers in the third round. So, between 18, 19, 20, and 21, the biggest investment that Brian Gutekinds made was Amari Rodgers in the third round, who doesn't seem to be that good. Brian Gutekinds seriously addressed wide receiver in this draft in 2022, traded up, got Christian Watson, got Romeo Dobbs in the fourth round, but Goody had four drafts before he seriously addressed wide receiver. Four! A lot of good wide receivers came and went without the Packers selecting them. And now it might be too little too late. Right? I know he finally got Christian Watson, but I don't know that he's going to help this year, which is, by the way, what I said before the season. He was going to be Aaron Jones, and Dobbs is going to be Jamal Williams. I think by the end of the year, I think Romeo Dobbs is going to give us a little bit more. But he finally addressed wide receiver after four drafts, and it's probably too little too late. And I feel like now, in what's probably the most all-in season in Packers history, the Packers' straight-up ignorance of the wide receiver position really caught up to them. Reminds me of my childhood. I said this on Ebo's show this morning on Over the Line. I think this is a good analogy, right? When I was young, my parents both worked in Eau Claire, which is about a half hour from where I grew up. 
So we had a nanny or a babysitter or whatever. I think my dad worked five days a week. My mom worked two days a week, three days a week. So in the days where she was gone, we'd have a nanny, right? We'd go to summer school in the morning, come home, and then my mom would leave us a list of chores, things we needed to do, right? Things that we were expected to get done before she got home at five o'clock. And there was nothing worse than when she got home at the end of a workday and came in and none of it was done. And I am the oldest child out of three, so I have to be the spokesman for the group and explain to my mother why the very limited list of tasks that she gave us uh, was not completed. Yeah, Mom, uh, what were we doing all day? Uh, well, well, first we were arguing about this, and then we were playing kickball in the yard, and then it was 5 o'clock, and we didn't have time to do it all. She's like, what have you been doing all day? This is how I feel about Brian Gudikins. What have you been doing, buddy? You've sneaky been the general manager of this team for five years. And when you took over, the wide receiver position wasn't strong. It's not like he took over in 2011 when the Packers just had this elite group of wide receivers and all he had to do was maintain, build up the defense. No, 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 no. When he took over in 2018, this wide receiving core was bottomed out. And he's done nothing. So now in what is, like I said, probably the most all-in Packers season, at least in recent history, we're looking around and saying, well, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? So many good wide receivers came and went. Packers just turning up their nose at the opportunity to draft so many guys. There were great wide receivers littering the second and third rounds in all of these drafts. And the Packers said, no, let's take a safety. Let's take a crummy tight end. Let's take a corner who will bust out after one year. It's just frustrating. This is the year where it's catching up with them. (laughs) Badgers are on a bye this week. Thank you, you guys. That's why I didn't know who they were playing. <laughs> really, here, here's what I'm doing. I'm setting up a comedic relief. So when Kenny and Halpern come, come on it at six, they have a they have a icebreaker to start. Hey, did you hear Grant? What a dumbass. Didn't even realize the Badgers were on by this week. <laughs> You're welcome. It's free content for the show that's coming up. Matt is in Cross Plains, 608-796-2558. What's up, Matt? Hey, actually, I'm just driving right past Camp Randall, and guess what? There's no game this weekend. Really? <laughs> That's, yeah, my anyway. That's my bad. No. Hey, hey, it no, makes sense uh, why I couldn't think of who they were going to play, because they're on bye. That's why I, I that's, that's, yeah, that's why. Exactly, that's and bad. I'm, I'm going to just completely agree with you, with Gudekunz. What has he done for us lately? And, you know, I've been thinking about this, listening to you since I got off work here, uh, and what are two things about the Packers in the past that have defined them, right? Mm -hmm. Ron Wolf trades for Brett Favre, right? Ted Thompson gets rid of Brett Favre. Uh, Gutekunst, technically, if he had the cojones to do it, probably could have traded Aaron Rodgers and set us up for the future and backed up his claim that he loved Jordan Love so much, right? Yeah. So Could've. I think he just missed his I missed his I think he missed his like franchise defining moment by not trading Aaron Rodgers. Sure we all most of us all love Aaron Rodgers, but if we don't put together a winning streak here, uh, you know, I think we are gonna have to maybe get rid of Brian Gutekun. See, it's easy to say now that the Packers should have traded him. I don't, like the last two years, if you've listened to my show, I'm just pretty skeptical that after 10 years of coming up short in the playoffs, that Aaron Rodgers is finally going to get us there. Like, I just, I haven't really been a believer. 
But you don't just trade away a player when he's playing like an MVP. I guess I don't really blame Brian Gudikins for holding on to him. It's just kind of the tough reality, right? Sometimes general managers just hold on to franchise quarterbacks longer than they should because it's good for the image of the team. It's good for the image of the quarterback, right? Like, even if this guy isn't great anymore, like the Saints kept Breeze, right? Like, sometimes it's just what you do in the NFL. I don't really blame sure. you for it. I- I, I guess, but I still think I'm going to blame him just a little because there's the guys like you know, you know, Ricky Williams. He, you know, what did he do when they traded him? You know, Herschel Walker. I mean, I know those are a little different, but still, when you have the opportunity to throw uh, your future with a guy you drafted that you obviously thought could take over for Aaron Rodgers, why not give it a shot? That's all I'm saying. I mean, love Aaron Rodgers, great dude, MVP, but this year something's wrong with him. Um, I don't know. I mean, granted, he doesn't have any good receivers to throw to. They're injured, bad draft picks, poor choices. I don't know. I'm throwing it on Goody. You know what's frustrating, Matt, really quick before I let you go? I was thinking about this earlier today. The Patriots gave us an amazing roadmap of how not to build around an aging quarterback. Like, Tom Brady's skills declined, but he wasn't washed. I think Aaron Rodgers has declined. I don't think he's washed. The Patriots showed us, hey, you need great wide receivers around an old quarterback. They need to help him out, right? Big athletic wide receivers can get open. The Packers did the opposite of that. They're like, we're actually going to get rid of our best guy, which I don't even believe was their fault. He didn't want to be here. But the Patriots gave us this roadmap of what not to do, and then the Packers did it. Yeah. I guess the big fear, too, is probably Aaron Rodgers joining another team, a la Tom Brady and the Bucks, and winning a Super Bowl there, and then you look like an idiot. So I guess he's in a lose-lose situation, but I'm still going to throw the blame on him. That's fair. That's fair. That's how sports work. That's his job. Thanks, Matt. It was nice to hear from you. Yeah, you too, man. Have a great day. You as well. Love that guy. Matt, cross planes. Let's take a break. Come back in a few minutes, and we'll debrief. We'll get everything out in the air, out in the open, before we get to Mike Clemens at 530. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Mike Clemens here in about 10 minutes. Kenny and Hyoprin taking over to talk Badgers at 6 o'clock. Although the Badgers are on by this week, which I totally remembered, would never space such valuable scheduling information. But there are also some great Big Ten games this week. Michigan, Michigan State at night, which I'm weirdly looking forward to. I don't know why. Northwestern Iowa, which is maybe going to be the worst game ever played. And Penn State, Ohio State. That'll be the early game. So there's still a lot of great Big Ten games and games that impact the Badgers, and Ben and Zach are going to be talking about that. 608-796-2558. little time to get in here before we got to turn things over and talk to Mike Clements. Let's talk to Jim in Madison, whose Bears got a big win last night, which I enjoyed, Jim. I had a good time watching your Bears win last night. Brother, let me tell you something. Okay. <clears throat> I, I, did I? <laughs> Absolutely, because when I really break it down on the Bears, mm-hmm. um, um, especially being up here in Madison, hey, I respect Green Bay Packer fans. I, you know, I respect Queenie fans. I, I mean, respect I, Bears fans. Okay. I don't necessarily respect Vikings fans, but I do respect Bear fans. And I respect <laughs> you, Jim. Oh, let, let me just tell you this: uh, the Bears' defense was there's something that has fire in it. I mean, they were putting some major hits on guys. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 that is what's missing with the Packers. But I got to say this. You know, I'm listening to you. You have a great show, and you got great callers. Oh, and Dave sometimes is out in left field, but we make him think he's he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. But but the point that I'm saying is that guys, Green Bay, we can look at all different types of things, but the hype that was built up on this team before it stepped on the field, with all the controversy before that, hey, don't forget that. Don't forget everything that took place beforehand because True. if you played sports, it affects the locker room. It affects if you're in the ice bath, you're still affected. And I'm just saying to all you Green Bay Packer fans, can they turn it around? I'm going to tell you sorry, but I, I don't think so. I don't say that in a mean and hateful way, but you don't have a leader that's lifting up those guys. There's no leader. Where's the leader on defense? Can somebody please tell me? Not just Rodgers. If it's just Rodgers you got, just put Rodgers on the field. But you got to have everybody. I mean, we could blame the wide receivers in Green Bay. Did they drop some? Yeah. Were the balls thrown? Nah. There's some more back. Everyone well, was making Justin mistakes. Had- Everybody was making mistakes. Yeah. yeah, Justin Fields had some terrible throws. Did that slow down them? To- I-, I didn't think they would win. I, I really didn't. But... Man alive, there are leaders that are stepping up in teams like the Bills. Hey, you look at Tampa Bay. You have the same scenario. You're looking at one guy. Mm-hmm. Please, seriously, he just got Botox. I don't, you know, I don't, I, seriously, and that, that was a mean thing to say. But I'm just saying, Green Bay, hey, I don't wish ill on you guys. I'm not going to say welcome to what the Bears have gone through for so many years. But I am saying that unless there's something that changes with leadership of guys on the field, you guys are in trouble. How do you change leadership? And, Jim, I appreciate the call. And, again, I I did enjoy watching your Bears play last night. It was fun to watch a team step up and have a good performance in primetime because for the most of season so far, we've seen the opposite. We've seen teams stink it up when they should look better. Uh, See uh, Broncos, Denver. I don't know what to do about the leadership thing because there's so many guys on this Packers team I really like. I like Adrian Amos. Seems like he'd be a good leader. I like Aaron Jones. Seems like a straight-laced, no-nonsense, very likable guy. Seems like he'd be respected. People would listen to him, right? What do, you, do we need to draft guys to be leaders? Do we need to sign them? I. It just seems like to me that the pipes needed to be flushed after 2014, and then it took too long, and the Packers wasted a lot of time, and maybe the pipes just needed to be flushed after 2021. Maybe maybe they should have traded Aaron Rodgers. I know that's what Matt said. It's impossible to do that in the moment. Everyone says it now. Packers would probably be in a better spot long-term, but, man, I don't know. This team just doesn't have it. They, they just don't have the... The hitters, they don't have the edge. I mean, the Bears had it last night, Jim. You're right. That defense was excited to run around and hit guys. Let's talk to Ed McGuanago real quick before we get to Mike Clemens. What's going on, Ed? Hey, Brandon uh, Cooks, wide receiver from Houston. Rumors uh, about trading him. Maybe we should go out and get him. Do you think, okay, I'm not going to disagree. What kind of difference, let's say the Packers trade for a wide receiver and he comes in and it goes great. Like, what is the ceiling on the Packers then? Like, how, how much can that really help is my question. Well, A, they're not going to do it. So I say that sarcastically. <laughs> I, think, 
the chances of the Packers going out and getting a wide receiver are as good as the Brewers uh, getting a, a bat. <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're going to. But I think it would it wouldn't make any difference because the guys that are there, I mean, they're either not doing it or they're hurt, and, and they know that we need some help. So I, I would say this, too. Amari Rodgers is 10 times better as a wide receiver than he is a kick returner. Maybe it's not Ted. Dude, right? I, I, I said this yesterday. I, I feel like we've been tainted on him because he's so bad at returning. If they just let him play wide receiver, I, I, I don't know. I kind of want, yeah. want to see him play some reps at wide receiver. I do, too. And I think after the last couple of years, I think he feels stuck there. And I think he feels like it's a punishment. Yeah. And it's the only action he gets. So he's not getting real time where he can get into any kind of group. I, I think he has one of the better abilities to get open. And we saw it on that. He dropped it, but he went all out for that. He didn't pull up like Sammy Watkins and say, yeah, I'm probably not going to make that. He laid his body out for that. I think him, Tanyan, they can get open. I'd like to see Samari Ture. Dude, why I mean, not? What? You know, he, he got the ball yeah. on that uh, that end around or whatever it was at the end, like that hook and ladder play. And Ture got the ball in his hands. I'm like, this guy looks spry. I, I, I don't know. He yeah. only had the ball for a couple seconds, but why not? Try him out, too. Why not? What do you have to lose? Put put Sammy Watkins on the shelf. I laughed out loud when you said, oh, oh Sammy Watkins is hurt. I never saw that coming. Yeah, <laughs> right? Seriously. Like, yeah, man, I don't get five games out of him, maybe, but not even that. Yeah. Cops hurt. Despite what John Kuhn said, he's not going to get 1,000 yards this year. Probably. Love John Kuhn, but he was on another planet when he made that prediction. Probably. Well, uh, but, you know, why not? What do you have to lose by changing things out? Put Ture out there. Put Rodgers out there. See what they can do. Uh, put put Watkins on the shelf till maybe we get to the playoffs, and then maybe he'll be healthy and bring the pro to him. I like those ideas, Ed. i got to unfortunately let you go right. and get to my Clemens, but thanks for the call. No All right. Take care. Bye. Yeah, that is our guy, Ed and McGuanago. I actually, I actually like that. Let's see a little Amari Rogers on offense. His rep is terrible right now. Like the vibes around Amari Rogers could not be worse. But when he got in, don't laugh at what I'm about to say. The dropped touchdown aside, I thought he looked good. <laughs> like I know that what just came out of my mouth is nuts. But just ignore the drop touchdown. I actually saw some nice things, and I'd be down for Samari too, right? Too, like why? If if we're gonna lose and our offense is gonna be dumpy, I'd rather it be dumpy with Samari too, and Amari Rogers than Sammy Watkins and the corpse of Randall Cobb. Why? Why not? And Aaron Rodgers said today earlier on McAfee's like, well, if there's gonna be mistakes, then we're gonna start cutting reps and we're gonna give other guys a chance. I'm down to give Samari too, a chance. Why not? I'm down to give Amari Rodgers a chance too. I know that sounds nuts. I get he dropped a touchdown. I understand. 608-796-2558. Send me a text. We can keep this conversation going, and we can talk on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Mike Clemens is going to join us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Our guys are extremely disappointed. Uh, I don't think anybody thought we'd be in the spot that we're in right now, and we're going to find out what we're made of. Damn right it does. I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us. Uh, this week, you know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Going to Buffalo on Sunday night football, the chance to get exposed, shoot, might be the best thing for us. It's the part where he says a chance to get exposed. Uh, 
Uh, I don't disagree that maybe this could kickstart a team. Sure, everyone doubting you for a week, talking about how you have no chance. I, I don't disagree with that premise. It's the part where he says a chance to get exposed as if they haven't lost to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. They lost to an XFL quarterback on Sunday, Mike Clemens. They've been exposed already. That that That's came and went. Well, and, you know, the Giants continue to win, but you lost to Daniel Jones on a bad ankle. Yeah. And then you then you lost to backup quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, you uh-huh. barely uh, lost to Bailey Zappi yeah. you know, uh, against Belichick. We've uh, been exposed. It's happened right? already. Yeah. 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 Man, so oh man. Um, here's uh, here's what I my priority list, my checklist of trying to figure out this three game losing streak. Okay, what what has been wrong with the season thus far, mm-hmm. and 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 how they're going to be able to turn this around? And I I put most of it on the offensive line, a unit that for the first three and a half years of the Matt Lafleur era in Green Bay. You know, we've talked about how well that they've performed. And even when they went down with, uh, you know, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, the versatility of guys and guys changing spots on the roll and what a great job Adam Stenovich did as offensive line coach, good enough to get promoted to coordinator when Hackett took the head coaching job and all that. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about one play. Let's talk about um, it's in the third quarter. Rodgers is in the shotgun again. And he's got Aaron Jones off to the right and sort of a pistol. And it's the typical Washington. There's four guys down, four really good athletic defensive linemen led by Montez Sweat. And then they've, they've dropped seven. And the linebackers are looking maybe for a, to shut down Tunyon or anything coming out of the back. But for the most part, Aaron Rodgers just sees a forest of defensive backs and no place for Lazard or whoever he's got to try and get open. So they run this little running play, and it's supposed to be running to the left. So Aaron Jones is to the right of of Aaron Rodgers, takes the ball, starts running to his left, and there's a big bunch there. And so then he turns back, and now he does like a Three Stooges thing where he's running around in circles and losing yardage and ends up being uh, dropped five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Does that play sound familiar to you? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, so then you go back and you look at the tape. And there's four down linemen. Elton Jenkins is lining up now at left guard. He takes off, and instead of going over the defensive tackle that's right there on the three technique, right over his shoulder, he goes by him. And he goes to the second level and goes after a linebacker. And then at right tackle, Yash Nyman is lined up there, and outside his shoulder is a defensive end, one of the four guys that Washington put into their hands in the ground. He's just to the outside of his right shoulder. And instead of chipping him or hitting him, and there's no one in the backfield coming, it's not like there's a fullback or yeah. anyone else. More help. He blows right past the defensive end, turns to his left, and he's going to the middle of the field like looking for a linebacker. So here's this defensive tackle right up the middle, this defensive end coming off your right side, and untouched. Mm-hmm. And they're standing there in the backfield with Rodgers and Jones. And Jones has got nowhere to go. Yeah. So it's like, was someone supposed to pull on that play? Who made this mistake? Why didn't you take these guys? Yeah. Uh, should have Rodgers have checked out? It made no sense at all. But these are the obviously the mental errors that are going on. And another thing that that is to, to be said is the moves that they made last week that we sort of got a hint, 
And by Friday, when we're talking to Josh Nyman, just before they're going to lock up the locker room for the week and the guys are going to get in the plane, yeah. he was smiling from ear to ear like, okay, he's going to play. They're, they're finding a way to get him in at a right tackle. They're probably going to get rid of Royce Newman or whatever. But, you know, they want to get their best five, and their best five includes getting Nyman on the field to play tackle. Agreed. And give Elton Jen- Jenkins a break, who's still coming back from that ACL, put him back at left guard next, next to Bakhtiari. Okay. But when you make these changes, when you move John Runyon from left guard for the last two years over to right guard, Josh Sitton once said it best, and I was looking for the tape. I couldn't find it here. Somewhere I've got it on file. He said, when they moved him like from right guard out to left tackle, what's that really like? He said, you know, when you're on the can <laughs> and you go, wow. you're doing your business and mm-hmm. you got a wipe. Yep. Yeah. Imagine you had to do it with the other hand that you usually never use. Sure. That's what it's like. That would be difficult. It's, yeah. It just it, it 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 you get this twisted ball in your head about wait a minute, which way am I supposed to go? Yeah. Like you've never done it and, before in your life. Yeah. Brian Balaga who was just interviewed a week or so ago and gave a great interview where he said, you know, I started out as the left tackle. When I came back, they put me at right tackle. It took him three or four weeks into the season before he stopped thinking about every snap, like, okay, now wait a minute, he just called this, so instead of this, I've got to do that. That's in your head. John Runyon is becoming a really interesting guy who, of course, grew up with his dad playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Runyon said, you know what? He admitted that he has a learning disability. So not only was he the son of an Eagle offensive lineman, and then the Eagles had their ups and downs with Donald McNabb and Andy Reid, you know, but he would get teased at school because of, of the Eagles and his dad playing for you. Yeah, your dad, your dad plays for a crummy team. Yeah. Um, but he also had a learning disability. So those are the things he's had to overcome to be the second generation in the NFL. And then it was last week that he's the one that tipped us off and said, you know what, the thing is, we've, as an offensive line this year, we've been really screwing up on stunts. And when they flip-flop, you know, a defensive end and a, yeah. and a defensive tackle of a shoot a linebacker, we're not, guys are forgetting their priorities, and guys are getting through that way. And the Jets and Robert Salah took advantage of that, and he said that was the worst game I've played in. Well, now he's moving over to right guard. He's taking these snaps, and they're moving in that rookie that I talked to you about in training camp, how good Zach Tom looked. Yeah. Fourth-round pick out of Wake Forest, how he was dealing with Rashawn Gary and looking really good, really good footwork. And, you know, the plan was, let's get uh, – let's. we're at the point now where we feel good about the rookie as a backup. And Bakhtiari's now – you know, he's practicing every day for the last two weeks. And we can put in Yash Diamond a right tackle – <clears throat> that can spell Elton Jenkins, but get him back to left guard, and this could be the offensive line moving forward. Mm-hmm. And we'll do it against the two and four Washington Commanders. Right, Great we chance. can get away yeah. with this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then Bakhtiari's something goes wrong with the knee on Saturday, and so then you know he makes the trip, and then Sunday morning he's out there with uh, the trainers, and they scratch him for whatever reasons. And, but we understand that it's related to this left knee. Yeah. So you ask Ronyan, when did you find out about this? He said, in the locker room, as I'm getting taped up, I look across the room and I see Bakhtiari talking to Zach Tom, like doing you know hand motions, like technique things, like, all right, that looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers said, 
yeah, even though I, you know, close friends with Bakhtiari, I found out when you guys did, when the inactives came out, that Bakhtiari wasn't going to go. And Runyon says, but last week you could see that they were working Zach Tom at least to, play, to be the number one backup at left tackle in practice all week. Zach had reps at a left tackle all week, so um, I feel like putting him in there, he came in, played pretty well, and uh, I think it's something to build on, and he finally got to see full game what live bullets look like, and I think it's only going to set us up uh, for further down the road. You know, God forbid something, something else happened, some confidence in Zach stepping up and taking over. Man, and wasn't it Zach Tom who said he could just kind of tell throughout the week that Bakhtiari didn't look right, and he kind of in the back of his mind was thinking he was probably going to have to play this weekend? Yeah. Man, oh yeah, man. he actually ended up having a pretty good game, even though he's a little undersized. Yeah, but he had to go up against Montez Sweat. Now they give Zach Tom credit for his pass protection, although I saw Montez Sweat throw uh, Zach Tom to the ground twice and get in the backfield and go after Rogers or go after Aaron Jones. So I mean, you know. Montez Sweat is huge and really Yeah, strong. I think, what did they log one pressure against Rodgers? The pass protection was pretty good, at least relative to the last couple of weeks. I, I could understand why maybe with moving some guys around, some of the alignments and the plays, especially when you're pulling and swinging linemen, that's a little more challenging with run blocking. Which it's because Ron Rivera just went with, look, just play your gap yeah. and and keep the, keep the time clock going on Rodgers. Make him get rid of the football, but contain, contain, contain Aaron Jones if you can. By the way, you know, they say that Aaron Jones only had like eight carries and the rest of his touches were receptions. He did catch the two touchdowns. It turns out the score, though, on some of those pitches, they scored that as passes. Yeah. So even though, you know, LaFleur says we consider that a run play, but if, you know, if the ball's in the air, some of these scores decide, well, that's a, that's a, that's a catch. Sure. That's not a handoff. And so, you know, if you're looking at the stats that way. So the, the bottom line to the offensive line is I, I don't understand why there are still these mental errors. I don't And, and my question tomorrow for floor is, so how do you have team drills Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? You have a walkthrough on Saturday. You, and then when you're done, then you put these guys in front of film and trying to make any corrections of the mistakes they just made two hours before. Yeah. How do you still have these errors in the game? What's the difference? <sighs> what, what, you know, how, can they, how can you possibly rehearse it four times and then screw it up in the game? Is it because the defense did something you didn't expect? Then the next thing is mood. Yeah. I mean, vibes. It, yeah, it's, it's not like. There's nothing coming out of the podium. There's nothing coming out of the locker room the week leading up. There's no bulletin board material, which you know is fine to a certain point. But at some point, what's what's the catchphrase of this year? What gets you fired up as a Packers fan about these guys? Nothing right Anything? now. Anything? Nothing. No. No. I'm bored. I'm bored out of my mind. I was. I, yes. I, nothing gets me excited at this moment, Mike. This is the most exciting thing I've done all week. Is talk to you about the Packers. This gets me excited. So Lafleur says, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm, two words, Paul Christ, you yeah. know. It's, yeah. Oh what are you, boy. What's going on? Oh so Lafleur comes to the podium last week after his team meeting on Wednesday morning. Says, you know, I'm just trying to tell these guys, let's have a little fun. Yeah, you've had a, a horrible two-game losing streak, but let's have a little fun this time. And so AJ Dillon, you know, good guy that he is. Puts his hand up in the air. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, is it getting harder to have fun, like Lafleur said? Yeah. No, really? uh, I've actually been having a lot of fun. Last week was probably the most fun I've had 
uh, you know, in the sense of my mindset going into practice, um, you know, it was a thing for me. And just personally, I was like, you know what, every day I'm going to make sure I'm having as much fun, as much positivity as I can. And, you know, I tried and I was almost annoying with that, you know, running around. I'm like, confirmation. We have confirmation. I'm screaming overwhelming positivity, extreme confidence. And, you know, more so just for me to kind of hear it, but also if anybody needed it that day. Um, and, and, you know, it's just one of those things. That there's no magic formula. It's not going to be an overnight fix. It's obviously something that we're working through, and everybody, you know, who's watching the game can see that. But, you know, people are optimistic. You see the energy in here. Everybody wants to get better. Everybody wants to win. So um, I think the most important thing is, you know, being positive and sticking together. Well, it's not what I expected. If, if I was a player, I'd say, yeah, it's hard to have fun because we're not winning games. You know what I mean? And that's the bottom line. It's weird because, Mike, we've heard a lot about how practice has been great. Great week of preparation, which normally when the Packers have lost in the past hasn't been the case. Some departures from the normal or, or what has been the normal under Matt LaFleur the last couple of seasons. You know, I don't like to be cynical. I don't talk about, oh, it's coach speak. Yeah. Oh, it's player speak. Uh, but one thing that there is a speak of is I've, I don't remember the last time somebody said, man, we've had a crappy week of practice. I pray to God we can get through this game. Yeah. They, it's <laughs> Guys that lose Super Bowls talk about a great week of practice. Yeah. But whatever the case, um, I want to go to Jair Alexander, yeah, who was up against you know Terry McLaurin, uh, who's who got did get his assignment changed when he was talking about it, sort of off to the side of the reporters, and then the media started bringing it up. And God forbid, I hope that Matt Lafleur is not making decisions because of the quote outside noise. But obviously, Joe Barry had to make a change and say, you can't play zone the whole game. You've got to let, you know, you you got to let Jair Alexander and, you know, maybe Rasul Douglas play the ball every once in a while rather than just stay back there and play zone and try and avoid, you know, big plays. So Jair was asked right after the game, as your season slipping away, and here you lost to the ungodly commanders, is there any panic? Is there any urgency? How can you play better? Just got to lean on my craft, you know. I think, um, you know, it's not there's not much panic in, in my eyes or in my voice, you know. You know, every dog had a day, you know. <laughs> I'm still the best. Like, I already know that. So, um, I just think you got to lean on your craft. In times like this, you got to lean on the hard work that got you here. Mercedes Lewis said that earlier, so I was perfect. So I agree with them that sometimes when you're a corner, you're just going to get beat by a good wide receiver. Sometimes that happens. Uh, the comment about how I'm still the best, I mean, maybe a, a read-the-room type situation after they just lost to Washington. But I, I guess I don't necessarily disagree with what he had to say outside of that. That's the words he's choosing to use. Yeah. You know, and you're, you know, it's, that's, he's, he's, Charles Woodson probably would have picked a different set of words. Probably. Probably. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so he mentioned Mercedes Lewis. And as it turns out, today when Aaron Rodgers went on the McAfee show and was asked, so what was your weekend like? He said, you know, uh, it wasn't like we just, you know, walked in there like zombies. Uh, they had Mercedes get up and Mercedes Lewis said a few things. Donald Leavitt, who's the, you know, safety and the special teams guy, he did a couple of rah-rah things. So, you know, I thought we were fired up and ready to get into this. And then, you know, I'm at the bottom line, I'm trying to figure out what is LaFleur, or if you're good against, if you're Mark Murphy, saying, what is going on down there? Well, who's not, 
do we have a bad offensive line coach? Yeah. Is is there some? Is, are people getting bored of of Lafleur's message? Um, is there some sort of discourse between the player? What is going on? So just put aside everything you think about Aaron Rodgers about being complicated or into weird stuff and books or you know into himself or you know party of one. Just listen. This is the best pipeline of information we've got. And he was talking today on McAfee about his how he has been graded out by Tom Clements and what he sees going on inside the locker room. Yeah, judge everything, every play, my own performance, all of it. I mean, this was my highest graded game by Tom. Uh, I people would be maybe surprised to hear, <laughs> but you know, we we uh, didn't execute a lot of drops, a um, couple missed throws. Yeah, I mean, we're behind the sticks, you know. We're second and 20, third and 25, first and 15s, way too many penalties, you know, way too many drops, you know, not enough rushing attempts because we were behind the sticks the whole time. Obviously, Aaron Jones, every time he touches it, has, is going to make a bunch of big plays, uh, has a possibility. Um, but, yeah, man, we just had – there were three or four plays where if we just do what we're supposed to do, you know, those are the key plays. I tell them all the time. It could be the first play of the game. could be the last play of the game, any play in between. One play often – Two plays, three plays at the most can determine the outcome of the game. And sometimes the simplest plays are just by outside release here. Boom, boom, first down, move on to, you know, getting points in this drive. Little things, it's just it's the details. And some of it's on the players for sure, on us. Uh, some of it's on the coaching staff as far as making sure they're really getting every detail into this. But ultimately, like Dallin said after the game, you know, it's about the players. Players, players win, players lose. We're out there playing. So it's on us to get this sh- fixed. Uh, so we got to look at our habits, what we're doing during the week, how we're studying. Because when you're missing little details or fundamental things, those are correctable. And that's why you have a you have some hope is because it's not like we're getting just dominated out there. You know, we're not getting man to man dominated. We are getting we're beating ourselves most games. We really are beating ourselves. So the thing that that worries me about, and I, he's kind of spoke this way, Mike. What worries me is. It seems like there's a million little things going wrong, and that seems difficult to correct. It's not just one thing that they need to work on. It's all of these little things. That's pretty overwhelming. And add to the list, injuries. Alan Lazard, currently your best target for receiver, walking around the locker room yesterday with a sling on the arm after the shoulder injury. You got Cobb on IR for a month with the ankle. Uh, Christian Watson, you know, he's not been healthy yet in rookie season, but your best bet as a as a speedy downfield receiver if he could catch the ball. Yeah. And then your best defense by far, your best defensive player, Rashawn Gary, friendly fire in the game against Washington, helmet to helmet, and had to leave the game with a concussion. So that means he's in the protocol <sighs> as they get ready to take on the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football. And we'll talk more about that on Thursday. I'm looking forward to it. I actually weirdly feel decent about that game, Mike, and we can talk about that on Thursday. I still don't think they're going to win, but I think they'll play pretty well. I look forward to chatting with you on Thursday about Buffalo, and hopefully we're not headed towards three and five. We'll preview the Bills. Absolutely. Thank uh, you, Grant. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was nice to chat. That's our guy, Mike Clemens. Thank you. And he's on Twitter, at Mike Clemens NFL. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show and kick it over to Ben and Zach for Kenny and Heilprin. That's coming up in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.